This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Well, if you would, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in a very familiar scripture. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the renewing of your mind. Have you been enjoying this series? <clears throat> you know, the other morning I was just thinking, uh, I was talking to uh, my wife and, and our youngest daughter. of, And I know we've been, you know, learning about planting seeds and how seeds are thoughts and thoughts are seeds. Um, and, and with that mindset, if, if we had the opportunity every day to have a new mind, would, would you take that opportunity? If I had an opportunity to plant my fields on purpose, to get the harvest that God desires for me to have on purpose, would I sow those seeds on purpose? Well, then let's do that. Because we do have that opportunity every day to sow our seeds on purpose, to think on purpose, to believe on purpose, to speak on purpose, to grow on purpose, to become on purpose, to live on purpose, to release our faith on purpose, to worship on purpose, to, to have the faith of God just flowing in us, out us, and through us on purpose, to make a difference on purpose. Say, so I'm going to live on purpose. You, you know, I want to encourage you. In 2016, let's give living our best. Let's give growing our best. Let's give thinking our best. Let's give believing our best. Let's give giving our best. Let's give loving our best. Let's give our best. God's already given us His best, so let's give our best. Let's give learning our best tonight. And let's give teaching our best tonight. Let's give our best tonight. I'm expecting the best tonight. Amen? I'm expecting us to learn and grow. You know, one thing I always ask myself, because it's just what I'm called and created to do, is what we're talking about tonight, is it going to help people know God, and is it going to help pe people be them? Yes. 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 Is it going to help us know God in greater ways? Yes. Is it going to help us be the best us we can be? Yes. yes. So let's start, let's start going through the process. I know a lot of you know this, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 12. I'll just start in verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not, say do not, do not. be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not... Be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, say prove, prove. what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You know, the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were born again instantly. That was a miraculous moment. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You became a new species of being that never existed before. So instantly you knew that if you were to die that day, you would spend eternity with God. You were a new creature. But you still thought like an old creature. And he says right here, do not be conformed. The word conformed, the definition in the Greek means to be fashioned alike. Think about this. He says, in order to renew our mind, he says, don't be conformed 
Don't be fashioned alike. Don't have the same pattern. Think about your life. This is us, God talking to us, right? And we're wanting to change. We're wanting to grow like Pastor Cassie said. We're wanting to expand. The word expand means to enlarge, to increase, to grow. You know, one thing the Lord has been having us um, in Isaiah 54 about that it's God's heartbeat that we expand, that we grow. Well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we stretch our capacity? The word capacity means the maximum amount that something can produce, the maximum amount that something can contain. And a lot of times people think that they are at their maximum capacity, but you need to know you have more in you. You have more in you that you can produce. You have more in you that you can contain. You have, so if you, you, you stretch your capacity, you expand and you produce more for the glory of God. So how do we expand? How do we increase our capacity? Well, it always starts with our thinking first. And so let's picture our life whenever we got born again. We're a new creature. And he says, okay, don't be conformed. Don't be fashioned alike. Don't have the same pattern. Some more of the definitions is don't be according to, don't be in harmony or agreement with, or don't become the same or similar as who? As the world. But So if he's telling us not to be conformed like the world, don't be similar, don't have the same pattern, don't be in agreement, don't be in harmony with the world, who does he tell us to be in, in harmony with? Who does he tell us to pattern after? Who does he tell us to be like? Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Hold your place there at Romans 12. Just flip over a few pages to the left. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. And it says, For whom he foreknew... He also predestined to be conformed, say conformed, to the image of His Son. To be conformed, so He's saying, okay, in Romans 12, 2, He says, don't be conformed to this world, but in Romans 8, 29, He says, be conformed into the image of Jesus. So He says, don't be like or have the same pattern or be similar as the world, but be similar, be like, pattern yourself after Jesus. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, and let us make man in our image... From the very beginning, it's always been God's heartbeat that we operate according to that image and to function like God functioned, to think like God thought, to speak like God speaks, to believe what God believes, to have the faith of God that is placed in us whenever we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So let's go back to our life. How do I progress? How do I expand? How do I go forward? How do I be everything that God has called and created me to be? Because instantly I was made a new creature. Instantly I had a desire. I had a, had a newness on the inside of me. But when I look at my life, my life was just like the world. I still thought the same way. I was still addicted to the same stuff. I still had the, the same thinking patterns. So if I'm supposed to be conformed into the image of Jesus, but my life is conformed to the world, how do I bridge the gap? How do I go from being like the world to thinking like the world to behaving like the world? Even though I'm a new creature, how do I go from here to here? So Paul tells us, don't be conformed to this world. But he says you're going to be transformed, where we get our word metamorphosis, transformed like a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. How? By the renewing of my mind. How am I going to go from here to here? He says it's going to be by the renewing of our mind. Some of the definitions of renew, of course, we know in the Greek that's renovate. Here's some more definitions of renewing. And it says uh, to make new again. Remember, when you see the prefix re, it always means to take back to the original. So it says uh, renew, to take back to what you were originally created to think. 
You were recreated instantly, brought back to the place to be who you were created to be, and that is conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. You were originally created to fellowship with God. So you're brought back, you're recreated. He says, now renew. So not only were you recreated, you realized you were redeemed. Deem means to purchase, re means to take back. Not only was your spirit bought, but your mind was bought to come back to the way it was originally designed to think. Your gift was redeemed, so now it can come back to the way it was originally designed to be used. So you're, you're reborn, you're recreated, you're redeemed. He says, now renew. Some more of the definitions of renew is to make new again, to make young. Some of you need to say amen. Make fresh, make strong again, say amen. Cause to exist again, reestablish, revive, say amen. To replace or refill with fresh supply. To replace or refill with fresh supply. To renovate. So we're, we're born again, but our life is this, and God wants our life to be this. He says the change is going to take place. The transformation, the transfiguration is going to take place by the renovation of your mind. I've been in the ministry several years, and I've helped start several different churches, and uh, when I think of renovate, you know, one of the, the last churches that I started in Midland, Texas, we had, you know, we started in a school and then went to all these different other places. And I was looking for, for places to have the church. And so I found this one shopping center. There was 14,000 square feet in the shopping center. And, and I went in and it was a furniture store. And when I think of renovation, it went in. I, I went in and I began to look around at this furniture store and I began to look at the space and then I had, once we, we closed the deal on it, I had a crew come in and they totally gutted out the inside. And then as they gutted out the inside and there were no walls and stuff around, I began to walk and pray and begin to draw out, okay, we're going to do the children's church here and we're going to do the youth here and we're going to do the offices here and we're going to do the sanctuary here. And, and so I began to draw out all this type of stuff and we taped the floors and walls started going up. What was beginning to happen, it was being renovated for its original use. They thought it was built for them, but it was actually built for God's people. Right. And so renovation means that it's going to go back to its original intent and originally you were designed to overcome originally you were designed to walk as the head and not the tail above and not beneath originally you were created as a divine healed whole being spirit soul and body he says but how how do we experience this not just read about it not just talk about it not just wish it or hope it he says okay this happens by renovating your mind you still have the same body but he says, we got to go in and we got to take down the walls that it used to be used for something else. This room used to be used for this, and this room used to be used for this. There used to be a different owner. You know, when I was looking at the time of, in Luke chapter 13, about the time of the great breaking loose, and it says, woman, thou art loosed, and in the Amplified it says, you're released. In other words, for 18 years, the woman had been under lease. Of the spirit of infirmity. And Jesus said, I've come and now you are re-brought back to the original. There's a new owner of this building. And you're released because you have a new owner. Your finances are released because there's a new owner. 
Your body is released because there's a new owner. Your mind is released because there's a new owner. Your heart is released because there's a new owner. And so Paul is saying, okay, I, I realize that you were a new creature and your life is this and God says that your life should be this and you have a desire for your life to be this, but it's going to take place by the renovation of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, by taking it back to what it was originally created to do. And he says, now what's going to begin to happen as we transform, we transfigure, as we go through the metamorphosis stage, we're going to prove. We're going to prove the word prove. You're taking notes. To prove the will of God means to approve. It means to allow. It means to discern. It means to examine. It means, listen to this, it means to demonstrate truth. He says, as we begin to renew our mind, we're going to prove the will of God. We're going to demonstrate the truth. It also means to produce proof. That you're not only going to just know it in your head, but it's going to be proof in your life. That you're going to show beyond a doubt. You're going to show God's will. You're going to prove God's will. You're going you're to agree with God's will. You're going to allow. Notice the word allow. You're, you're going to allow God's will. As you renovate the way you think, you're going to let. You're going to let. You're going to let God's will. This is a scripture we all know. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10 when Jesus said to pray this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Come on with me. On earth as it is in heaven. So in order for his will to be done on earth, what's he, what does he have to target in order to get his will from heaven to earth? Our mind. Our mind, our soul. Anything that comes from the unseen to the seen has to come through the soul. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as, even as always means to the degree that your soul prospers, your mind, your will, and your emotions prosper. So you have a desire to live righteous, even though you've been made righteous. In the unseen, you are righteous. Nothing can change you from being righteous, but in order to live as a righteous person with the fruits of righteousness, it has to come through your mind, will, and emotion. It is in your DNA to be faithful, but in order for you to live as a faithful person, it has to come through the soul gate from the unseen. It's in you. You have God's nature in you. His nature is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness. It's in us. We're prosperous. We're healthy. We're whole. We're righteous. We are overcomers. But in order for it to come from the unseen to the seen, it has to come through the soul. So he's saying, okay, you're a new creature instantly, but you still think the same way. Maybe you still are struggling with the same addiction. Maybe you still see the same... Same problem in your life. And, and this is something I want you to write down that just to focus on tonight. In order to renew our mind, write this down. We're going to attend to the Word of God. We're going to focus on the Word of God. And we're going to meditate the Word of God. And we'll go back and, and touch on each one of these things. That's attend the Word of God. Focus on the Word of God. And meditate the Word of God. So we see right here, he says, okay, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. 
So, so how, how is this going to begin to take place, to bring it from the unseen into the seen, to prove, to allow God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. When you're there, say amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says, Strip yourselves of your former nature, put off, discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on a new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. So this is kind of echoing what Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But whenever you get to looking at this, we have, we have the mind and we have the subconscious. We have the mind, Paul talked about, and he said in the spirit of the mind. It says, so in order for you to prove what is the perfect will of God, the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, it's going to take us renewing our mind. And so as we begin to read stuff in the Word of God, we agree with the Word of God. We're not in agreement with the world any longer. We're in agreement with the Word of God. And this is another thing you can write down. I heard John Osteen years ago, the ABCs of faith. So whenever you see something in the Word of God, learn to agree with the Word of God. When you see something in the Word of God, that's A. Not only do we agree with the Word of God, but we believe the Word of God. Make a decision. I'm going to believe the Word of God. And not only do I have A and B, but now C is I'm going to confess the Word of God. So when I see a promise in the Word of God, I make a decision. I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to believe that. And I'm going to confess that. I'm going to say the same thing that God is saying about my situation. A, B, C. Agree with God's Word. Believe God's Word. Confess God's Word. So Paul is saying, okay, let, let's go somewhere. Let's progress. Let's prove out. Prove is not wishing. It's not hoping. It's proving. It's demonstrating truth. Truth being the highest form of reality. And right here in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, not only am I talking about the mind, he says, it's going to take the spirit of your mind. If you want your life to change, your mind has to change. If your mind doesn't change, your life doesn't change. Maturity always starts in the mind. Freedom always starts in the mind. Progress always starts in the mind. Deliverance, deliverance, you, you, and I've seen this over the years, and I'm sure you have too, people are delivered instantly from whatever it is. God is so good and so faithful, but if they don't stay in the process of renewing their mind and strengthening their soul, they'll end up right back what they got delivered from a few months, few weeks, a few years from then if they don't learn how to renew their mind. And so right here in the Amplified... Uh, verse 22 says, strip yourselves of your former nature. Now remember, the, remember, go back here with me, okay? We're born again. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. God wants us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Paul says, don't be conformed to the world. And right here he says, strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self. Now think about what, what discard means. Maybe you've been, you've been dealt. Have you, have you ever played cards before? And you've been dealt a hand. And maybe in your hand that you've been dealt... Now, you're, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're saved. You're born again. 
But then you've been dealt in this hand of life that maybe you were abused as a young child and maybe you grew up around pornography and maybe your parents were drug addicts. Maybe you were dealt the hand of, of sickness and maybe you, you were dealt the hand of poverty. And he's saying, okay, what you've got to make a decision is that you're going to discard. Yeah, you've been dealt the hand of sickness, but discard it and pick up by the stripes of Jesus you were healed and made whole. Maybe you've been dealt the hand of addiction. You need to discard it and pick up whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Maybe you've been, dis, you've been dealt the hand of poverty and you need to discard it and pick up the hand that says, My God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. Maybe you've been dealt the hand of whatever it is. Discard also means to throw away. It means to throw away. But, but you know the thing about the devil is once you throw it away, this is what happens is he begins to pick it up. He's coming right behind you and he's picking it up and he begins to try to stick it right back in your hands. No, 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 no. You, you take that hand that you were dealt. And Revelation 12.10 says that we overcome the accuser that tries to put the cards back in our hand by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And this is why in, in Proverbs chapter 4, go ahead and turn there. Verse 20, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Discard. He says, discard that old unrenewed self. Discard the old unrenewed thinking. Discard it. I have no need for that. Dis discard it. Discard it. Throw it away. Put it off. Lay it down. Discard it. That's not who you are. He says, okay, to renew your mind, here's some things that can help us in the renewing of our mind, the renovation of our mind. He says, attend to my word. Attend to my word. Attend. The word attend. Here's some definition of the, of the word attend. It means to prick up the ears, to regard, to mark as well, to be completely devoted to. I like this one. Be addicted to. Be addicted to my word. Prick up the ears. Regard. Mark as well. My son, if I'm going to renew my mind. Now what's the benefit of renewing my mind? Because when I begin to renew my mind, I'm being conformed into the image of Jesus and I prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So things begin to come from the unseen into the seen because as I'm proving, what am I doing? I'm demonstrating. I'm showing beyond doubt that I'm changing. Yes, I'm changed on the inside, but now I'm changing on the outside because there's renovation taking place. I'm building new rooms in my mind in order to live in new rooms in my life. But if I don't build new rooms in my mind, I'll never live in new rooms in my life. But once I begin to renovate in here, we can begin to experience and demonstrate truth out here. Truth being the highest form of reality. In other words, walking in the Word of God. Not just reading a story, not just hearing about it, but we're changed, we're transfigured, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. He says, okay, this is how you do it. Attend to my Word. Be addicted to my Word. Have any of you ever been to... Well, I'm going to have you interact. You ever, you ever been addicted to caffeine? Ad addicted to... You don't, we don't have to raise your hand anymore. Let's say... Addicted to this, addicted to that. You, you know what it's like everybody in here. Probably at some point in time you might have been addicted to something. Yeah. In other words, you're, you're, you're craving it. You're consumed with it. You know, when you're truly, when, when you're addicted to something, you get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom and you begin, you've got to have some because your eyes are open. 
And, and so that was my language. When I, I, okay, I realized I was born again. And then, uh, okay, I, I began to read that my life, it, it, it's like this. You know, I'm still thinking the same. I'm still acting the same. And yeah, there were some things that instantly set free. And God wanted me to experience this. And Paul began to learn from Paul that, okay, in order to, to change and for my life to do this, to be in alignment with God, I've got to begin to renew my mind. I've got to become addicted to the Word of God. And as you are addicted to the Word of God, things begin to change. Instead of being addicted to this, remember whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. And you can get addicted. You can crave the Word of God. You can, you can be so hungry for the Word of God. I would drive all night for a rodeo. I'd stay up days at a time with, on this substance and that substance. And, and being addicted to something, that's what you thought. It's what kept you going. It's what kept you moving. It, 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 was in your, it was everything that you did. You thought about it. You breathed it. You, you felt it. It was running through your pores because you were addicted and so that was my language. And I began to realize if I take the same approach to the Word of God, because I didn't want to know God as just some genie in a bottle. I didn't want to know God as a lucky rabbit's foot. I didn't want to know God this religious idea that I'd had of Him growing up. Either He was real or not real. Either the Word was real or it was not real. Either it was going to work or it wasn't going to work. Either there's a truth or it's a lie. And so I began to get addicted to the Word of God. You get up instead of thinking about this or smoking this or shooting this up or doing this when you went to the bathroom, you get addicted to the Word of God. Instead of walking through the bar ditch looking for the cigarettes or looking for the snuff or, oh my gosh, where did it go? Or, or you're, you're looking for this and you're... No, now you're addicted to the Word of God. And you know, the process of change... Man, I, I remember sometimes, okay, I'd make progress and I'd fall back. But then I'd make progress and then I'd fall back. And I'd make progress, and then I'd make progress, and I'd make progress, and my step was a little back, and then I'd make progress, I'd make progress, I'd make progress, then a little back, and then you keep progressing so much that you're no longer, you no longer think that way. You no longer sense that. You can, you can walk into the room of what you was addicted to and go, hey, 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 I'm free. Why? Because now there's a, there's a new addiction. Yes, sir. And whenever... He says, my son, my son. In other words, you're, bo you're born again, my daughter, my child. Tend, attend to my word. Mm -hmm. You, you want to progress. You want to expand. You want to go further. You want to become. You want to be everything that God has called and created you to be. He says, okay, be addicted to my word. Perk your ears up when my word goes forth. Mark it as well, that it's well. God's word is well. Why would he say to his word? Why would he say be addicted to his word? John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, verse 14. We know in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? The word is God. You can't separate God and his word. Go, go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. My son, be addicted to my word. What's the importance of the word? Paul is saying if you're going to change, if your life is going to change, if you're going to make progress, it's going to be connected to the word. He says renovate your mind by the word of God and you're going to prove. Say prove. What is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? I want change in my life. How about you? Verse 3, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says as his divine power... Everybody there? Verse 3 is His divine power has given to us all things. Say all things. all things. That pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Now when you, you read Him there, you could replace 
the Word of God, the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of the Father, the knowledge of the Son, the knowledge of, of Him, the Word who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 3, notice now, now what we're talking about is renewing our minds. Say, renew my mind. How do I do that? I make a decision. I'm going to attend to the Word of God. I'm going to be addicted to the Word of God. I'm going to crave the Word of God. I'm going to put the Word of God first place in my life. I'm going to go after the Word of God. What, what begins to happen when we do this? He says, your thinking begins to change, which begins to change your life. And now you begin to demonstrate, you begin to live out without doubt, the will of God for your life. You're not guessing, you're not hoping, you're not wishing. You begin to make progress, you begin to become, you begin to release, you begin to walk in the will of God. And every one of us, we want that, that's why we're here. We want to know God and we want to be us. Amen? So right here he says, okay, and His divine power. Divine means God-like, supernatural, divinity, divine power. The word power there is the word dunamis. You know what this is. Power, listen to the definition of the word power here. It's a force. It says His divine force. It's a miraculous power. It's a working of miracle. It's a power. It's a strength. Violent. It's mighty. Mighty works. So He's saying, okay, His divine power, His divine force, His divine strength, miracle working power, the goodness of God, His mighty divine power has given to us. Say me. me. All things. Say all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him or through the knowledge of the Word who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us given to who? Us. us exceeding great and precious promises or the Word that through these you may be a partaker of the divine nature the godlike nature a partaker of the nature the word nature there means growth divine growth or a germination or expansion by natural Production. So he says, okay, God's word. He says, my son, attend to my word. Be addicted to my word. Why would he, why, what's the importance of the word? He says, okay, the word comes from the divine power, the dunamis power of God, the mighty power of God. And the purpose of the word is that you might be a partaker of the divine nature. So if there's no divine power, there's no partaking of the divine nature. He says, so be addicted to my divine power, which is the word of God, which makes you a partaker, a sharer, a fellowshipper of his divine nature. In His divine nature, there's no sickness. In His divine nature, there's no poverty. In His divine nature, there's no bondage. In His divine nature, there's no power, no devil, no, in, no influence from hell that can hold you back. But He says, He gave you the divine power, the Word of God. He says, now tend to it, be addicted to it. And as you're addicted to it, He says, you're going to experience, you're going to become a partaker. You're going to take part. You're going to share. You're going to experience. You're going to demonstrate the truth of God's nature in your life. He says all things in all, all ways of your life, all areas of your life. So he said, be, be addicted to my word. My son, pay attention to my word. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. The Word of God is the power of God unto healing. The Word of God is the power of God unto prosperity. The Word of God is the power of God unto deliverance. The Word of God is the power of God. The Word of God, he says, His divine nature, His divine power gives you the Word of God so you can partake of His divine power. So he says, that's why I'm telling you to, to attend to my Word. 
Be addicted to my word. Perk your ears up to my word because the word releases the power of God. The word releases the nature of God. The word of God makes us partakers, sharers, fellowshippers of the divine nature of God. So why is he saying, my son, attend to my word? Because the word is what sets us free. The word is a carrier of God himself. The word, no word, no power. He says, pay attention to my word. How, how much do you want to change? He says, it's always going to include the word. The word. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Look at that real quick. Renewing our mind. When we renew our mind, we prove what is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen? We're attending to the word. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. I say the Amplified or the New King James, um, I'll just read out the Amplified. It says, but in the, he is the sole expression, talking about Jesus, talking about the Word. He's the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty Word of power. I'm going to read it again. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. Why is he saying attend to my word? Because it's connected to the divine nature. Why is he saying attend to my word? Because as I pay attention to his word, my mind is renewed and I'm proving out what is a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. In other words, I'm not just a born-again Christian going nowhere. Now I'm demonstrating truth. I'm living in truth. It is a reality in my life. Change is taking place, not only in here, but out here, because I'm attending to the word of God. I'm paying attention to the word of God. As we pay attention to the Word of God, it says He is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature. So as I look into the Word of God, I'm renewing my mind to the Word of God. It is, it is the perfect imprint of God's nature. Notice this, upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe by His mighty Word of power. Mighty Word of dunamis. Mighty Word of strength. Mighty word of miracles. Mighty word of God. Pay attention to my, my son, my daughter. Pay attention to my word. If I want to change, pay attention to my word. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Very familiar scripture. In order for God's people to, to walk in the inheritance that God had for them. He says, okay, Joshua, Moses is dead. There's a new way of doing things here. There's a new leadership so I need you to arise and take your place. And he begins to instruct Joshua. And look at verse 8. Very familiar scripture. But it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. From your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Go back to verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart from your, your mouth. Your mouth. So in order for me to renew my mind, my mouth's going to be involved. Proverbs 18, verse 21. We know the power of life and death is in the, it's in the tongue. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. It says that we're snared by the, the words of our mouth. James chapter 3, go, go over there with me. Hold your place and Joshua 1 will probably come back. May, maybe, maybe not, maybe so. We'll see. James chapter 3. 
going to start in verse 2. It says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn, say turn, we turn their whole body. Verse 4, Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned, say turned, by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. So we learn from Paul, in order for my life to change, my thinking has to change. We learn from Paul that if I've been handed a certain card in my life, yeah, I'm born again, but I've got to discard the hand that I was dealt and redraw the Word of God in order to change the spirit of my mind because it's going to change. if I change the way I think, it's going to change my image on the inside, which is going to change the course of my life. And God tells Joshua, okay, Joshua, if you want to succeed, if you want to do everything I've called and created you to do, he says, don't let the book of the law, don't let what I tell you depart from your mouth. In other words, say what I say about your situation, Joshua. Power of life and death is in the tongue, Joshua. So not only am I changing the way that I think, now I'm changing what I say. And he says, your tongue. Your tongue. Say my tongue. My tongue. The tongue is, is like a little rudder of a ship. That it, it turns, that rudder turns the whole ship. That if I want to turn the direction of my life, I've got to use my tongue. Not just my mind, but I've got to use my tongue. He said, also, just like, just like you put bits in a horse's mouth. See, this is speaking my language here, Vic. <laughs> See, you have different types of bits. Whenever, and I'm not going to do a, a, a horse class here, a bit class, but I want you to understand that bits are used for different things. And James is telling us right here, if you want to turn a horse, you put a bit in that horse's mouth. And this bit here, it's straight. There's no bend in it. It's straight all the way across, so it puts even pressure on the horse's bars in their mouth to, for them to stop straight. And Paul says, okay, this is what your tongue does. If you want to turn a horse, you put pressure on this bit... He says, this is the way you turn your body, you turn your life by using your tongue. Now, now that's one type of bit. This bit right here, it puts certain pressure just on certain parts. Like you can just put pressure on this side. Let's say that side might be health that you're, you're receiving your healing. But this side over here stays going the course. But the pressure over here on this side, you're focused on the pressure so it turns the horse's head just this way. Where that bit, it doesn't turn the horse's head necessarily that way. It keeps everything straight. Or this bit here, you can just pull on this side and it'll turn it this way right here because it puts pressure over here and leaves this side alone. So maybe you're doing good in finances, but you need to put a little pressure on that bit on this side where health and healing is concerned. And God said, okay. You want to change? It said it has to do with the power of the Word of God, but also not just in your thinking, but as it comes out of your mouth, you're going to start to turn things around. My son, my daughter, pay attention. Pay attention to my Word. Pay, pay attention to my Word. Be addicted to my Word. Perk your ears up to my word. It says, okay, now not only are you thinking the word, you're speaking the word. And you, you, you know this. You've been around here any time at all. You realize that your mind thinks in pictures. And whatever you say, your mind is going to think on. Now, you're redeemed, right? Yes. 
All of you is redeemed. So now your mind is also brought back to its original use. That your mind was never created to think negative. Your mind was never created to think on poverty. Your mind was never created to think on sickness. Your mind was never created to think on defeat. Your mind was never created to think on being the tail. Your mind is the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this same mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 says we have the mind of Christ. Your mind is the mind of Christ. And your mind is redeemed, but you've got a choice of what you're going to think on. And a lot of the things you think on has to do with what you're saying. So if you want to change the way you think, you've got to change the way you talk. You can't talk like the world and live the word. You can't say what the world is saying all the time and live in victory. That's why he says, okay, you want to change, pay attention to my words. You want to change, change the way you think. You want to change, change what you're saying. But when you're addicted to something, you have no problem saying it. So when you're addicted to the word, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, how do I get it in abundance in my heart? By what you think and what you say. You're addicted to it. You have no trouble. This comes out. Bless God. I remember in the changing process. Okay, here I'm saved, I'm born again. But over here it's saying don't be conformed to the world. And over here I'm wanting to change. But I'm telling you what, that horse ticked me off and I gave it a cussing up one side and down the other. And I remember it. I mean, I, I even made up my own words. But it grieved my heart. I didn't want to be like that any longer. I didn't want to be like what I'd always seen and what I'd heard, not necessarily from my family, but the, the people that I was around all the time. And so just because you, you have a recreated heart, you have a desire to change, you've got you've to yield to that desire. Because you have the nature of God, you're going to desire what God desires. See, I'm, I'm smoking all the dope that I want to smoke right now. I don't ha- but I'm not doing any of it because I don't have that desire. I'm drinking all I want to drink right now. That's none. Because I don't have that desire. I mean, I'm messing around on my wife all that I want to mess around on my wife. She really doesn't like that, she says. And that's none. You like that. Why? Why? Because there's no desire. Because not only is there desire, you yield to the desire to think like God thinks, to believe like God believes, to say what God says. And he says, okay, in the process, you're going to demonstrate the truth and you're going to live out the, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But it starts by paying attention to my word, being addicted to my word. Number two, focus on my word. Focus on my word. Whenever you lose sight of something, you lose focus. But if you, you focus, you, you can walk outside with all the sun rays and all the intense. How it, it's, it's big, it's intense, it's hot. But if you put on a, a hat, sunscreen, even though there's all that power, little, little effect in your life, right? But if you focus that energy, you focus just a little bit of that sun, what can it do? It can cook an egg on a sidewalk. What can it do? It can drill a hole in a diamond. What can it do? It can remove cancer if you focus energy. 
He says, okay, don't let them. Not only do you pay attention to my words, he said, don't let them out of your sight. Remember, we're changing, right? We're experiencing the great breaking loose. We're going somewhere. We're becoming everything that God has called and created us to become. We're walking in destiny. We're walking in purpose. Why? Because we're being transformed. By how? By the renewing of our mind. By how? By paying attention to His Word. Why His Word? Because His Word is His power. And I'm focusing, focusing on His Word. Remember Matthew chapter 14, whenever uh, Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And the Lord said, okay, Peter, come on. And what happened? As long as he stayed focused on the Word, he did the impossible. As long as we stay focused on the Word, we change. As long as we stay focused on the Word, we keep moving. As long as we stay focused on the Word, we're paying attention to the Word. We're renewing our mind to the Word. We're declaring the Word. We're turning our body with the Word. We're staying focused. Stay focused. We stay focused. Don't let them depart. Proverbs chapter 4. Go back there real quick. We're getting ready to be done. Let's finish strong, though, okay? Verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. In other words, stay focused. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, meditate the word of God. For they are life to those that find them, health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So, verse 21, you said, don't let them depart from your eyes. Stay focused. Say, stay focused. focused. Right underneath that, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, meditate the Word of God. Isn't that what he told Joshua? He said, Joshua, not only keep it coming out of your mouth, he says, but meditate the Word of God day and night. Meditate means to ponder. It means to study. It means to utter it. It means to say it. It didn't come from some Eastern religion. Meditation came from God. And it simply means to think the Word of God. Keep it in the center of your your attention. That's what focus is. You keep something as the focal point of your attention. He says, meditate the Word. Keep that promise as your focal point. Keep that promise. Remember, you're addicted to it. If you're addicted to it, you're thinking about it. You're talking about it. You can see it. You can taste it. You can imagine it. It's what's running through you. You'll do whatever it takes to get it. Why? Because that is the power of God. That is what's going to help me be free, stay free, become free, be everything that God has called me to be. I'm addicted to the Word of the living God. He says, now focus on it, focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. Keep it in your heart, meditate it, meditate it. What what are we supposed to think? Uh, Go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. So what are we supposed to think? If we're discarding and we're putting off all the wrong thinking, most of you know this, but it's good to look at it. What do we think? Verse 8 says, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, it says, finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, say good report. If there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Think on these things. Study these things. Keep them as your focus point. What do we think? We think on things that are good. What do we think? We think on things that are pure. What do we think? What do do we think? We think on things that are trustworthy. When you think, it it means that you give something your, your concentration. You give something your concentration. You you give it your thoughts. Go with me just to the right, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Just to the right of where we're at there, verse 15.
Verse 15 says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. What things? Meditate the Word of God. On what things? Meditate the promises of God. What things? The strategies that come from this house. Meditate that it's the great breaking loose. Meditate that you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Meditate that you're the head, not the tail. Meditate that God supplies all your needs. Meditate that you are the righteousness of God. Meditate that the blood of Jesus redeemed you. Meditate that you're that that the enemy is disarmed. He has no power and authority in your life. Meditate that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Meditate on these things and what begins to happen. He says, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them. In the Greek, it means to throw yourself, extend every part of your being towards it. Extend every part of your being towards it. And it says that your progress may be evident to all. That your furtherance, progress means profit. Progress means furtherance. Progress means advancement. That your advancement may be evident to all. That your progress is evident to all. That your furtherance is evident to all. That sounds like what Paul said over there in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. That you're going to prove. You're going to discern. You're going to demonstrate what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. That your progress may be evident to all. Doesn't that sound like the prophecy of 2016? The great breaking loose? That it's going to be undeniable? That it's God? Your progress because you attend to the Word of God, because you focus the Word of God, because you meditate the Word of God, because you extend your whole being to the Word of God, you're addicted to the Word of God, you're thinking the Word of God, you're speaking the Word of God. It says your furtherance, your advancement, your profit, your progress is going to be evident to all. That's us. That's us. So, so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, attend to the Word of God. Focus on the Word of God. Meditate the Word of God. Think on things. You, you, the only thing you, you, you can control, you have, you have a mind that you can control. You have a heart that you can control. You have a mouth that you can control. And if you learn self-control, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. If we learn to control the way we think, it's going to affect what we believe and it's going to affect what we say and it's going to affect what we do and it's going to affect who we become. So I want to encourage you to learn to control your thinking and make a decision that you're going to agree with the Word of God, believe the Word of God, confess the Word of God. Amen. And let's prove, let's demonstrate beyond a shadow of a doubt what God's perfect will is, His good will is, His acceptable will is. Let's be all that God has called and created us to be. Don't, don't leave here tonight and just think, well, man, we went to church. No, what is it in your life that you're wanting to make progress on, that you're wanting to gain ground on, that maybe you've been saved a long time and you just feel like you've plateaued, you feel like you're idle, you feel like there's no movement well, stir yourself back up and start giving attention to the Word because whatever you give your attention to is going to build a desire and you're going to have that desire, that craving. Remember, be addicted to my Word. Be addicted to my Word. 